Martin Luther King Jr. said these words, we must develop and maintain the capacity to forgive. He or she who is devoid of the power to forgive is devoid of the power to love. There is some good in the worst of us and some evil in the best of us. When we discover this, we are less prone to hate our enemies. Jesus himself said to love our enemies, and he lived that out. As a couple weeks ago, Easter Sunday, and then uh, we looked at the Sunday after, this idea of forgiveness, where he could utter the words, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And in Acts chapter 8, we see another Christ follower who took the heart the, the words of forgiveness do not be devoid of love when Stephen himself, as he was being stoned, he was called an enemy by those that were around him. And he had a different picture in mind. He saw heaven open up, he says. And he said, Father, forgive me. Our world is not a forgiving place. Not natural. But yet we as followers of Jesus need to show the world a different way. There are people in this world, though, I'll be, be honest, you don't have to be a believer or a Christian to forgive. But we as Christians ought to forgive better, easier to some extent, and more fully. Why? Because we have the power of Jesus in us. Amen? I, I must admit, Alicia, uh, the kids, and I, we, we went to uh, one of our sister churches uh, last Sunday. So even when I wasn't here, we weren't not at church. And we went to um, an African-American church, Dr. James Willis, the pastor, a uh, tremendous guy. And, I, you know, uh, there were a couple things that we uh, got out of that experience. One... Church could be much longer than what we experience here, okay? Uh, it was at least, what, two hours, Daniel? You know what I mean? So church could get, and, and they talk back to their pastor during the message, just so you know. You know, uh, uh, they, they, they talk back and, 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 and so forth. So, you know, I'm not saying you need to do that. I'm just saying that was my previous experience uh, with that, is Dr. Willis is a tremendous guy. And he, he gave us a word on that. But we need to be reminded of the fact that we have the Spirit of Christ in us. We sang the song, I believe in God the Father. I believe in Christ the Son. But I also believe in the Holy Spirit. Our God three in one. This is a foundational belief. We may not be able to explain that Trinity concept. But if we, we can't just sing those words, we must believe those words, which means if Jesus can forgive, so can we. And, and, and that was the concept Peter knew. Peter, you know, when he went, when Jesus walked on the water to him that night, his thought was, if my master can do it, so can I. And sometimes I think we let ourselves off the hook 
when we say, well, that was just Jesus. Jesus could do that because he was God, absolutely. But he was fully human being like you and me and anyone else sitting here. And we need to have the guts, the audacity that Peter had when Peter said, Lord, if that is you, call me out on the waters. And I will do what you do. We need to have the audacity to say to the Lord, Lord, I, don't, I might not want to forgive, but you have called me to forgive, so help me to forgive. And the Lord will say, okay. Because this is the words from the message of Colossians 3.13. Be even tempered, content with second place. Quick to forgive an offense. Forgive as quickly and completely as the Master Jesus forgave you. This is the hallmark, the foundational truth of this series that we walk together with. We are to forgive. Why? Because community is not optional. If I live all alone, and I have a couple places that if I had to choose to live all alone and never interact with people, where I would be. If you live all alone, if you are never in community or relationship with someone else, you do not really probably need to worry too much about forgiveness. Though I would submit to you, you would probably actually need to forgive yourself over and over again because you would do something that isn't right. You, we need to learn this idea of forgiveness because community is not optional as a believer. We weren't just called out of sin by ourselves. We were called into a group, a community of people of faith. And so this is our task. So the question is, how do we forgive? And not do we forgive? We've seen the words of Scripture that forgive as quickly and as fully as Christ has forgiven us. We could point to other passages, the Lord's Prayer even, where we say, uh, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us, tied into that. You know, and in most, most of the times when we read those words, you know, it, beyond that says, you know, if you do not forgive one another, how will your Heavenly Father forgive you? They're tied in. But it's not should we, it's how. And that's where life gets brought, huh? How do I forgive? What is the process of forgiving? Well, let's just, before we get into our test, let me just tell you, it is a process. Okay? It's not something that always happens like that. Snap of a finger. I wish it could, and there are times it will. For instance, uh, I think it was, maybe it was Friday night, if not, it was yesterday. Eliana, for whatever reason, decided she was just going to jump on my leg. The problem was I had crossed my legs and that hurt. But I could forgive her pretty quickly. Why? Because it wasn't broken. It was a pretty small pain. It was still a pain, you know, but I could forgive pretty quickly because the hurt wasn't much. There are times when forgiveness is pretty quick because we realize it wasn't that big of a deal. But then, let's be honest, there are other times, say that's a five cent, the nickel pain, 
There are other times when we have $100 pains. And we must remind ourselves that it is a process. It isn't always overnight. Unforgiveness is not just a one-time thing. Unforgiveness is an attitude that creeps in over time. And we also need to be reminded forgiveness is not reconciliation. Meaning, the relationship doesn't always go back as it needs to be. Now, one of the writers I've been reading, Everett Worthington Jr., and it does a study on forgiveness. Fascinating, and I kind of like some of that. He has studied forgiveness for 20 plus years. You know, as a lot of the material I'm kind of working with, he's a believer, he integrates it in. He talks about this. Part of his story was that his mother was brutally murdered one evening. So this isn't just somebody who theoretically knows what it is to forget has had to put his own work into practice. He talks about forgiving those who, who killed his mother, but it didn't mean he wouldn't have a relationship with them. That would be reconciliation. There are some times, because of what has happened, you've been hurt, that you can forgive, but reconciliation doesn't always happen. Even with Christ. The forgiveness is there, but it doesn't mean all come to know him. Reconciliation. Reconciliation is a two-party approach. Forgiveness can be one way. So we need to know that. Well, as we get started this morning, these are the words of Luke 10. On one occasion, and you're going to be familiar with these, on one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law? Jesus asked him. How do you read it? How do you interpret it? The man answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus answered, you have done correctly. You, you know the words. Now go and do this, and you will live. And then the man says, as Luke gives it, but he wanted to justify himself. So he asks, who is my neighbor? And if there's going to be an area of life that we are going to want to be on guard uh, against justification, it is when it comes to forgiveness. We, we must be uh, very much alert for the time we try to justify the fact that we do not have to forgive somebody. If you only knew what they've done, the pain is too much, and those are true statements. And we can't deny those statements. We must keep them in mind, but we can't, when we start going, they don't deserve forgiveness, we must take that to the Lord. Because soon, this is why we get the, the Good Samaritan. But I want us to stop for a minute and see that myself included will look at people and say, they don't deserve my forgiveness. They're too awful of a person. 
The words of Martin Luther King Jr. that I started this message with needs to ring true, but we must remember that we all have the capacity for good. And we all have capacity for evil. Not one of us. And a lot of times in my own life, maybe you're like me. You, 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 like me, or maybe it's just me, will try to uh, guess somebody's motives as a measure of do they, do they earn forgiveness? You know, well, you know what, they really don't because they don't, they don't care. They've never said sorry. And all of a sudden, we are justifying what we may know to be truth. That Christ has forgiven us. And Paul says to forgive as Christ has forgiven us. To be clothed with compassion. And yet, we stifle it. And we go, well, they didn't really say sorry yet. They may never. And so we must be on guard against justification. He wanted to justify himself. My concern with this passage and with many others, and my concern with the teaching and preaching ministry of this church where we stand boldly and authoritatively on the truth that Scripture alone has authority is we may get familiar with the right answers. We may be even able to quote the right answers. But then we will let prevent where we will go back and we will try to justify why we don't do what we know Scripture says we ought to do. Where we will try to say, well, but, but does it really mean this? Do I really have to do that? Maybe, maybe it's just my sin that I have to deal with, my struggle. And we allow our faith to settle for less than what Christ desires for us. And we say, well, that's just my human nature. Very well may be true. But see, we have the power of Christ in us, right? We have the power of Christ in us, which means we can't any longer say it's just my human nature not to, or my human nature to do. We have the power of the Holy Spirit of Christ himself. And so we always have the power. So what must we do? We must start with what I call empathy. Empathy helps us to understand the other person. Empathy is highlighted in this parable where Jesus in response to this teacher of the law who knew the right things, wanted to justify himself, he, he goes on to tell the story that we find. He says, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed on the other side. So too, a Levite, when he came to the place, saw him, passed on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was. When he saw them, uh, the NIV says he took pity. I don't like the word pity because, you know, maybe I have just 
Sunday morning or Saturday morning cartoon stuff in my head, you know, with pity the pity the pool of eighteen, you know, uh, type of a thing. Uh, you know, pity makes it look like they're looking down on his nose. I think what what is a better way of saying, but when he came and he saw him, he had empathy and compassion on him, and he did something about it. He went to him, he bandaged him, he put oil and wine, he took care of the needs. And he put the man on his donkey, he brought him to an inn and took care of him and said, I'll be back with that. Empathy is helping to understand where the other person came from. It is not just seeing the need. All three individuals saw the same thing. It wasn't that the priest didn't see the man lying. And we don't know what was going through his head. Luke doesn't tell us. And we could speculate. And maybe, maybe we can and should at times. So they knew what needed to happen. They saw it. They chose not to act. Maybe they thought he deserved it. Maybe he thought, I, I, I don't want to get hurt myself. Maybe he just thought, oh, I'm too busy today. The Levite, the next one, it's all the same thing. I believe in order to have compassion, we need to have empathy where we start to understand what is going on in the other person's life. It doesn't make what happens to this man okay. The Samaritan woman, the Samaritan man, doesn't just go off on a diatribe and say, how awful was this man is left half dead? Or even how awful it is that he is left basically half dead on the road. That would almost be sympathy. But he puts himself to some extent in that place. What would it be like if I was that man? What would it be like if I endured what he has endured? What would it be like if that was that make, does this line of thinking make the situation okay? No, it doesn't. And when someone hurts me, and I look at them and I say, I'm just going to use Pastor Paul because he's in my line of sight, so I don't think this has happened, I don't believe it's ever happened, but if Pastor Paul truly hurts me emotionally, maybe, okay, and I start to go, well, I wonder why. Why did, why did he say why did he say I was an awful pastor and I should go find another profession to call? Okay, he's not said that. <laughs> All right, maybe some others have thought that. I'm certain. All right, I might even agree. No, I'm just kidding. You know, but that would, that would cause me pain. Okay, All right? and if I go use this path of empathy, I make okay. Maybe he just—he really just been having a, a rough time. I mean, he just got back from Belize, and now it's cold. I'll <laughs> do something to you. You know, oh my goodness. You know, uh, maybe maybe he's had a lot of stress. I mean, he's been working with his brother-in-law and trying to figure all this out. Does it make it, if I start that line of path, does it make it okay what he said? No. But I can start to go, you know what? There are things I cannot see going on I can forgive him. Maybe he doesn't even know why he hurt me. I mean, I would hope he would come to a realization that was a, not a smart thing to say. Okay? And I can pray that 
And I don't have to wait for him to come to say, Jeremy, I think I said a boneheaded thing the other day to you. That would be great. That would help me in empathy. But that's not required. Empathy not only helps us understand, but empathy will require humility. And I wonder if that's not the difference between the Samaritan and the other two. Is that not maybe the point of what Jesus was trying to get across? When, when the man wanted to justify himself, he wanted to put himself up here, and Jesus is going to teach him a lesson in humility. Where this, this Samaritan was willing to do what was not in his best interest for the sake of someone else. When this Samaritan man wasn't going to look at himself and see what it might cost him, but see the fact this is a human being, and maybe he didn't say it, but I would say, created in the image of God that needs something. He had to stoop down. Literally, figuratively, and always. If you want to forgive, you're going to have to be humble. You're going to have to be, as uh, in our devotions this week, you will, you will uh, read in, in Philippians chapter 2, which I feel I've come back to many times, maybe just in my own life. Do nothing out of vain, uh, selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. In your relationship with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who never once put himself up, but always would stoop down to serve. Humility isn't thinking less of yourself. It's just thinking of yourself less, as somebody has said. And I don't know who, I don't recall the name. It's not something I've come up with, you know. In humility, the Samaritan man could look. In humility, we, we not only see a need, but we try to get into it with empathy and humility. But the human default status is pride. And pride, every single time, will be a barrier to forgiveness. Pride sounds like they don't deserve this. Pride sounds like they probably meant to do harm to me. Pride sounds like I don't want to. Pride, subtly. They say, but it hurts too much to forgive. I will tell you, forgiveness doesn't mean the past never happened. We'll learn next week, forgiveness means we can remember differently. We remember, we remember differently. And when these start to come up, we go to our Lord. Why? Because he will say, hey, come on, I got you. I have this. Pride also will have us to forget where we have been forgiven. Now, real quick on this, 
this, a little side note. A lot of times we as Christians, we ought to. We'll have this understanding. We know Christ has forgiven us. And we accept that, and we are very happy about that, right? Amen? Because we know we don't want him to execute justice or administer justice on us. Okay, I don't want I don't want justice, but I don't want justice for me. You know, I might want it for you, but not for me. Alright, I want praise first. And sometimes, as uh, Dr. Worthington has come across in his study, sometimes what happens with Christians is we allow ourselves off the hook with statements like, I know Jesus can forgive that, but I'm not Jesus. So I can't forgive. But can I submit another way? I bet somebody has forgiven you. I bet somebody has forgiven you whose name is not Jesus. And sometimes we as Christians in our, our, our goal to focus so much about Jesus that we forget that others have had to forgive me and I need to be reminded that somebody else has forgiven me whose name is not Jesus. Because then I can go, you know what, Barb forgave me because I did something just awful to her. She may not, but I know she's forgiven me. You know what, if Barb can forgive me, and Barb, you're not Jesus, okay? You're not God, right? Okay, I, I was hoping I would believe the truth. Okay? <laughs> so if Barb, a fellow human being, can forgive me when I'm wrong, then I might be able to forgive Paul. If I can take what she's given me and kind of go through it. You see this? We need to realize how much Jesus has forgiven us. But sometimes in our right thinking about that, we let ourselves off the hook. That's fine. We don't know this man to me. I bet he's had issues where somebody had to forgive him of something. And this is where we must remember forgiveness is a gift to ourselves and others. When I realize that I've been forgiven, then I can look at Paul and say, you know what? I could be like that. If I'm not careful, I could be like that. And one of my favorite sayings, I think it comes from one of the reformers, but for the grace of God. But for God's grace, that would be me. But for God's grace, I would be in that situation. And if we forgive about the grace of God, we will no longer think we need to forgive one another, and we will stunt our faith, and we will lead on a path of unforgiveness. You want to know the results of unforgiveness? Bitterness, envy, despair. Cynicism. Oh, okay. See what I was thinking of? Bitter and cynical. You will also become one who has to always stand up for oneself as quickly as one's possible. I don't know about you. I see enough of that in our world. Time and time again, Scripture says. Get rid of those things. Not for them outside the church. Though it would be helpful if they did. And some will. 
We will see people who do not know Jesus that have this down. But especially for the people of God, it is not to be so. We have this path of forgiveness, this path of empathy, this path of compassion and humility because of who Jesus is. And then Jesus asks the man that wanted to justify himself, he asks you and I this question. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell in the hands of the rock? Which of this man would you have to guess was a person of humility and mercy and grace? Which one would you want to find you on the path of life? The Samaritan, right? The Samaritan. Now Jesus sort of left it right there. Because I think we all get the point, don't we? But he doesn't. He goes on to say, go and do. Not just go. We could have gone on our way with this great knowledge, this great understanding, and we would have been better for it. But he said, go and do. Because the Christian faith is not just about right thinking, it is about right living. Go and do. So how will you extend forgiveness, mercy, empathy? How will you be humble and engage in humility this week? That's the do portion. How will you do that? Start maybe small. Start in one way or another. And then close, I quote to you a poem that Worthington puts in his book, Moving Forward, uh, Six Steps to Forgiving Yourself and Breaking Free from the Past. Because sometimes the one we need to be empathetic towards is ourselves. You know, as I did some work last night, I, you know, you're probably very similar to me in this way. We all typically are. We're our worst critics. You know, we're hardest on ourselves. You know, you don't need to hit me with a two by four. I already got a six by six and doesn't work. Okay? Uh, you know, I'd like to go bid on that portion of things. But he shares this poem as I bring our time to a close. It was battered and scarred, and the auctioneer thought it hardly worth his while to waste his time on the old violin. But he held it up with a smile, my words here, as only probably an auctioneer could do. So, what if I bid, good people, he cried, who started the bidding for me? One dollar, one dollar, do I hear two? Two dollars, who makes it three? Three dollars once, three dollars twice, going for three, but no. From the room far back, a great ear man came forward and picked up the bow. Then wiping the dust from the old violin and tightening up the strings, he played a melody pure and sweet, as sweet as an angel sing. The music ceased in the auctioneer with a voice that was quiet and low. said, what now am I bid for this old violin? As he held it aloft with his bow. 
1,000, 1,000, do I hear two? 2,000, who will make it three? 3,000 once, 3,000 twice, going and gone, said he. The audience cheered, but some of them cried. We do not quite understand what changed its worth. And swift came the reply, the touch of the master's hand. And many a one with life had a tune, all battered with bourbon and gin, is auctioned cheap by a thoughtless crowd, just like that old violin. A mess of pottage, a glass of wine, a game, and he travels on. He's going once, he's going twice. He's going and almost gone. But the master comes, and the foolish crowd can, never can quite understand the worth of a soul and the change that is wrought by the touch of the master's hand. You are worth it to learn forgiveness because of the touch of the master's hand. And you know what? So is every single person we meet this week. And it may just be the path that we extend forgiveness to them that they realize they're not just an old, clunky violin that doesn't, isn't worth a snot. I think that's a choice of my saying there. You know, isn't worth it. But when the master shows up and shows off in their life, they're now worth tons more than they ever thought. When we forgive the world, we'll say, well, that doesn't make sense, and our swift reply will be. So it is. A life in the hand of the master. And you and I can go and do this week. Maybe even yet just this Day. And so will you go on the path, the journey of forgiveness with me as we seek to share with our world the hope, the love, the mercy of the master and how he can change them. Will you pray with me? Father God, we thank you for this time. Lord, now as we come to a close, may we allow you to do the work that only you can do. May we allow you to save us, not maybe for the first time. Lord, I know there's some probably listening that have yet to submit to you. Lord, I, I pray that they would do now knowing that, that, that you love them so deeply. Lord, maybe for some of us, we need to save you from our own pride as we thought too highly of ourselves or too much of ourselves. Or we just failed to see others. Lord, may we not just see the need for forgiveness. May we go on this process. Maybe this week just empathizing with ourselves and with others as we start this healing journey that will only be possible. It's only possible because of your grace, your love, your mercy, your forgiveness, and your power that you have given us as your followers and the Holy Spirit to do as you have done. And so, Lord, be with us now, I pray. In the name of the one who saves, the name of Jesus Christ, the Lord. Amen. And so we're going to just sing those words, Jesus saves. And so if you need to come to him first time, hundred time, whatever, that you would do so as we sing this hymn. Uh,